When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are back and live on the WFNY airwaves, YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. As always, we're part of the Evergreen Podcast Network. Joining today, he is broadcaster, reporter, writer for Fox College Hoops, host of the Big East Shoot Around, nearly defeated Xavier Guard Nate Johnson in a game of horse. I watched that. <laughs> as entertaining as it gets in college basketball ladies and gentlemen saint ignatius alum john fanta john thank you so much for joining how are you doing today seth it is great to be with you it's great to be on wfny and i'll tell you what i've been a follower of the site and everything that you guys do on your platform for a long time and love it and cleveland is near and dear to this heart and it's always fun to talk Cleveland sports with folks like yourself. And yes, college basketball is where my bread gets buttered nowadays. But, you know, never say never on, on coming back home. You never know what can happen. And uh, I always love keeping home very close to my heart. So Cleveland, love you. And it's great to be talking to all those who are tuning in. Love joining you, Seth. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So we're, we're planning to just do a quick kind of state of the union. You know, there's a lot going on in Cleveland sports today, but before we get into all that, John, I had to ask you, since I know you're on the, you're on the East side of the United States. Now, uh, when you come back to Cleveland, what's that one restaurant, pizza shop, whatever that you're like, Oh yeah, we're, we're hitting this when I come back home. Well, there's a couple that I try to hit. The one that I love, love to go to is Joe's Deli. Joe's Deli right in the Rocky River neighborhood, kind of right near Fairview Park and West Park, where my mom is now. And I've got to get some corned beef. I mean, I'm telling you folks right now, I'm out in New Jersey now. And the corned beef at Joe's has managed to exceed the majority of the corned beef I've had in this area, which is known for its delis. It's known for all of its great delis. But Joe's is high level. I love it. I'm a I'm a sucker for Frankie's Pizza back in Cleveland. Even though there's elite pizza in New York and New Jersey, I've got to get that house salad that is topped with tons of mozzarella cheese for those uh, in the North Olmsted neighborhood. I love Hex in Ohio City. It's right across the way from St. Ignatius. I love heading over to Hex for a burger. Great, great stuff. Uh, you know, high level. And then, man, I mean, Cabin Club in Westlake for a steak it all, never disappoints. So that's a place I've hung out. In. And I, Seth, the place that I grew up watching Cleveland sports, the place that has the best wings on the west side for my money is Mitchell's Tavern in Westlake. It's a hole-in-the-wall place. They're known for volleyball in the back. If you've ever seen the volleyball leagues, they play all summer long. But the place is terrific with their food. I love going there. 
That was fantastic. You know, usually no free ads, but I think we're going to have to kick back some, uh, you know, some, some discounts over to John Fanta. Those are some glowing reviews and absolutely love it. I, I hear you on Joe's that's right down the street from me. Place was just lit up like a Christmas tree for the holidays. It's just a beautiful atmosphere. It's, it's awesome. You, you hit it nail on the head there. Well, yeah, it is. It's it, and Cleveland's got such great cuisine. It's, it was so cool growing up on the West Side, and uh, my mom went to John Carroll and went to Beaumont. My dad went to Ignatius. He went to college at Mercyhurst, and and then they came back to Cleveland and, and they met. and And I love growing up in that part of town, and I think it's it's an elite summer town too. Like I love going back in the summer, and and it's so much fun. And luckily, here's the thing, Seth. I'll say this to you. My appreciation has grown even more being in the New York, New Jersey area for Cleveland sports fans and the fact that we do have three major sports teams and plenty of other different teams around the area too, plenty of other storylines. It's such a great area, Northeast Ohio. Like Now that I appreciate it even more now that I've come out to the Northeast, I really do. Yeah. We got a bunch of sickos here that, that will <laughs> – back their teams no matter what happens on the court on the field in the in first energy just a bunch of sickos love it It, it's speaking of that um you and i haven't had a chance to to really talk in this nature before so can you give me just a quick ranking of your fandom you know who's that one team that hey if they're both playing at the same time or are you kind of all across the board there's just straight love for all three i really do love all three equally i i really really do I would say that the earliest memory I have as a Cleveland sports fan goes back to, and and folks will appreciate this, and I want to make sure that I have the right date as I'm talking to you. Uh, My earliest memory as a Cleveland sports fan goes back to July 14th, 2002. I turned seven that day. (laughs) I turned seven. And – my dad gets tickets to the Indians game, Indians-Yankees, series finale on a Sunday afternoon, July 14, 2002. I'm pumped to go. Uh, Jim Tomey was my favorite player, and Kenny Lofton and Omar Vizcal and all those guys, just you know, fan favorites, and they were my favorite growing up. So the Indians, my dad gets these tickets. I'm going to embarrass him, Seth. The tickets were for the night before. Now, this is at a time when StubHub didn't exist. If it did, I don't know how you were going to get on. You weren't getting on it on a phone. And, you know, it was flip phones. And you take the, the when you've got the phone, you put the antenna up to take the phone call. So it's 02. So he's got tickets for the game the night before. <laughs> so, Seth, that's not going to get us in. And this was a time when it was genuinely hard to get into Jacobs Field. The game was sold out. There's no tickets available. When the Yankees came into town, like when they come into town now, they get a big crowd. No, no, no. In 02, when they came into town, the stadium was full. So he goes out. He turns to me. He is scared out of his mind. Like, I'm seven. I have no idea what's going on. I'm actually, I think I'm kind of close to tears because I thought I was going to see the Indians Yankees. It's my seventh birthday. I'm not sure if that's too old to cry or too young to cry, but I was crying. So he gets in a car with some random guy. I'm in the back of the car. I think our my mom would have killed us. Um, this guy claims he's got tickets for us. We go to a, we go to the key tower. He gets money out. 
he pays the guy. The tickets worked. We get in. We have great seats. Okay. This, this to me makes the story because a Cleveland sports fan can appreciate this. So the game went four hours and 45 minutes because it was an Indians Yankees game and they last forever sometimes. And my birthday party, I think was at like five thirty-five. So that's Uh-oh. a problem for a four o'clock game for a one o'clock game. Uh-oh. So we get in the, we leave the Indians are down in this game. They're down by seven runs. And we are listening to the game at dead man's curve. And I'm in the car and we're down by three. And little known Bill Selby comes up to the plate and hits a grand slam off Mariano Rivera. And I have Tom Hamilton in in the ear. And I'm jumping up and down in the car. And that's when I fell in love with both Cleveland sports and our great broadcasters, our great voices of our teams. Tom Hamilton's passion just hit me. I mean, it hit me. It hit me at the age of seven. And I thought to myself, man, I, I this is what I want to do. Like I knew right then and there, this is what this is what I want to do when I grow up because he's got the coolest job in the world. That that is how I fell in love. So it's a long answer to your question, but look, I value all three teams equally. I don't pick one over the other. I promise you that. I'm actually one that is a stick. Ride there on what the football team does and only follow the other two when they're in the playoffs. I don't, I'm not a fan of that. I'm just being honest with you. So I try to love all three teams equally. I really do. You hit the nail on the head with the broadcasters. And I, I mean, Fred McLeod, Joe Tate, I know I've read Joe's book. He, he's just unbelievable. And how lucky we are. I know every every region probably says, hey, my guys are the best. But if you listen around, man, we we were spoiled and we still are. We've, we've got some incredible voice. I mean, Hamilton is is so unique, one of a kind. He's all time. He's all time. We have the best football voice in the world. Yep. Jim Donovan is incredible. He's incredible at calling the games. He has the very rare ability of being honest while also being employed by a team. Yep. That's how much clout Jimmy has earned in his career. Serious, serious clout and serious just um, moxie. Jim, Jim carries himself so well. And I don't know Jim, for the record. Like, I've never met Jim uh, I would love to meet him at some point. We just have never crossed paths for, for for so I'm not saying this based off of anything other than I think I speak for all Cleveland sports fans when I say Jim Donovan is the best, and he said it earlier this week. Yep, said it earlier this week when reflecting on the season, and I'm sure that we'll we'll hit on this next of the Browns. But Jim does such a good job of connecting the franchise to the fans and the fans to the franchise. And he keeps everybody in line. He is our great unifier. And he has this amazing ability to both be the voice of a team and to anchor the 7 o'clock news, to anchor sports for WKYC. He's provided the town so much credible journalism. And he is the man who will tell you what you need to hear, whether it's good or bad. So I love Jimmy. 
And the thing I tune into the most after every Browns game, I will literally go on the, the YouTube page that WKYC has, and Jimmy's always on the field with his three- or four-minute video. That's literally all I need to hear. That Those are the three or four minutes I need to hear because everything else is going to get recreated on the radio. Jimmy D is the best. He is my sanity check. After I watch a game, I'm I'm too hot. I need to calm down or vice versa. Maybe I'm, I'm just getting agnostic about the season. I, I need him to, to kind of rile me back in. He is that guy. He, he He's the window to the fans. He's incredible. Yeah, he is. He is, and he gets you excited for the season. His breakdowns are fantastic. None of it's scripted. None of it's off a teleprompter. None of that. And uh, he, we are so blessed to have him. And and I think on the Cavaliers side, like I've got it here as I talk with you. Look at my bobblehead here. It's right to my left. Joe Tate. I never forget Joe Tate because you know that's our that's my childhood too. I don't know about you, but like that is literally growing up and listening to Wham with the right hand or. DiGiorno Pizza reads from Joe out of commercial breaks on TAM. Uh, you know, he he was the best. And uh, now now the guys, John Michael's done a great job. And, and um, Tim Alcorn on the radio side for the Cavs. And, and certainly Fred McLeod. I mean, we all miss Fred, and he was a legend. Um, so it's, it, we have great voices, people that get the teams, people that get the fans. And we're blessed with that. And, and – the fans are amazing, Seth. I try to tell people in New York, New Jersey, when they're like, oh, we've suffered. No, no, no you, you have not. You, you have no idea what suffering looks like. And let me tell you about these fans, because these fans are there every single time for their team. They really, really are. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So true. And you hit on, you know, you hit on a couple of the teams already. Maybe I can, I can kind of go rapid fire, uh, John, a couple of questions with, uh, you know, on the field, off the field, however we want to roll through it. But the Browns obviously going through a, a tumultuous <laughs> last couple of weeks of the season. Uh, John, I'll be honest, this was the least amount of fun. And I know, Oh, and 16, one in 15. Um, this was the least amount of fun I think I've had as a Browns fan, uh, you know, the past calendar year, obviously off season was, was challenging in its own right. The actual season, uh, another disappointing year, really two years. You're feeling like guys like Joel Batonio, guys like Miles Garrett, guys like Denzel Ward, man, we, we need to maximize Nick Chubb got to maximize these guys. And it's just the second year of, of disappointment. If, you know, if I could hand John Fanta the keys of this franchise, what what next move are you doing? What's what's your first step that you know you you roll up the carpet and you know here's what I'm going to go do if if I'm the if I'm the new czar of the Browns? Well, the first thing I would do is I, I would hold a press conference tomorrow, uh, and I'd hold it with the owner, with the general manager, with the head coach, and I'd even bring in a captain or two. Every time there's a press, the leagues do not do this. To, organizations do not do this. So to the people who are saying like, oh, you're, you're being so irrational or the Browns will never do that. Well, you asked me what I would do. I'd bring everybody together. 
And I'd say, first and foremost, this is a thank you to the people who follow the team. You follow us all year. I'm going to tell you when this season went downhill. Okay. It's quite obvious when it went downhill. The season got lost in week two. It got totally lost in week two. Because you had a situation where you lost the game to the Jets. You, you totally collapsed. And the Jets showed their true colors. Because it launched the Jets' season and their momentum. It really did. It launched the Jets in one direction and launched the Browns into another. But the teams, if they met another eight or nine times, the Browns would have beaten them the majority of the times. They just would They They were the better football team, and they still are a better football team than the Jets. But that's not how the NFL works. The, the season was lost that day because, not just because you lost in historic fashion, the discourse off the game was old Browns. It's Miles Garrett calling out the fans. That can't happen. And I love Miles. Uh, again, again. <laughs> yeah, it can't happen. You can't call out the fans. It's Stefanski's tone of we've got to move on to next week. Kevin, you just lost. You just suffered one of the worst losses in the history of the league. You need to show some emotion. And that's why I would call the press conference. I'd have a do-over from the press conference that we listened to yesterday. Speak with some passion. Talk about what the turnaround is going to be for this organization. I understand the pe- the class of people out there right now watching this podcast saying, you know, John, being professional and organized and calm is, are things that we lacked. I get that. But there also has to come some emotion. There's got to be a balance struck. And there's got to be an understanding that there are people who pay a lot of money to see you play every single week. And they deserve better than what they're getting right now. Because like it or not, they're a part of your organization too. Because they're they're the ones that are investing in your product and investing in who you are. So for me, there's a disconnect. There's a disconnect. I think Paul D. Podesta has a lot to do with everything that happens. I think he's totally taking control of Jimmy Haslam. Uh, a lot of people blame Haslam. Um, you know, here's the thing with Jimmy. Jimmy's never been unwilling to spend money, and Jimmy's never been unwilling to to do the things that he thinks can win games. So I'm actually not as harsh of a critic of the owner as others are. I think Jimmy at times has misrepresented himself. But, Seth, here's the thing. There's a lot of owners who are not very good in sports but have winning teams. Like, it's not all about, you know, at the end of the day, now these guys that he hired, they've convinced him that they're right. And here's why. Here's the math to prove it, Jimmy. And we're going to be right. Football's not just a numbers game. It's a field game. It's a, an understanding game. And to me, the head coach currently occupies his role because he's taking orders from people. He's listening to them. And they don't want to get rid of him because they've got a perfect balance and dynamic. They're the people that do want to be in the smart that do want to be the smartest people in the room. They don't want the smartest room. See what I mean by that? Right. They, don't, they don't want to be the smartest people in the room. <laughs> They're not out to make the smartest room. And to me, you're an old dog with old tricks now. You don't have any new tricks. The league caught up to you. Everybody caught up to what you were doing. And 
it feels like right now, like I want to be encouraged for next season. But there's nothing about this team currently that is that encouraging because they might have talent, but they don't back it up on Sundays because their culture's not great. Their leadership isn't great. And my biggest thing, Seth, is that when you look at the state of the Cleveland Browns and you look at the fact that they don't have they don't have any defensive identity, not just the coaching of Joe Woods, but they don't have it from a personnel standpoint. The draft picks haven't worked out. On the offensive side of the football, the receiving core is not very good. Stop if you say it is. It's not. Some guys got better. Cooper's been great. He gets my MVP of this entire season. For a He's unbelievable. He's unbelievable. But to me, and I know it's a long-winded answer, but my biggest thing is, like, I didn't watch the Steeler game. And I don't think I was the only one. The last time I wasn't tuning in for a Browns game was never. It's never happened. You know why? I'm so disgusted, and I know what's going to happen, so why would I pain myself through it? Why? Another season ending with a multi-touchdown loss in Pittsburgh. We, we've seen that over and over again. And, you know, one, one quick thought on – that was a beautiful rant, John, and I, I, I'm right there with you. The one piece, they make it so easy for the fans. And, frankly, I think they just don't care. I think that's what it is. They make it so easy for Browns fans to say, what does is, what is Deep Podesta do? What's Barry – you know, what's this org structure? They make it so easy for us to go after him because they don't share anything. And that was part of Jimmy's rant the other day is let the fans in. They want to be in. They, they pay the hard-earned money. The reason you can play a sport because you have fans. Let them in a little bit. A little bit. You don't have to let us in a lot of it, but the, the answers to the questions are almost condescending, mm-hmm. and they're not professional. And I'm, I'm, I'm. Look, I'm. I get why Stefanski's back. I could, I could understand why they would have relieved him of his duties, but I'm all. I understand the sustainability thing. I understand giving him a real shot with Watson, even though in the NFL, in the NFL, it's what have you done for me lately? And there's plenty of coaches in Stefanski's chair that have been fired by other teams. But I'm, I get it. I'm okay with it. They're going to play a last play schedule. You better win. You're certainly going to have chances to do so. But my thing is, I've never gotten to the point as a Browns fan where I'm actually so upset with the product that I'm disinterested in the product. That's that's a problem. That has never happened once. Even when they went over, when they went over, we knew what they were doing. They let us in. They told us they're rebuilding. So we said, you know what? We understand. We're with you. But don't just lose communication with us. And that's what it feels like right now. And guess what, Seth? It's not just the fans. The players aren't getting communicated to. Bingo. Bingo. And that's the scariest part of it all, I think. Well, uh, John, yeah, that was great. We'll, We'll get you out of here on this one. We'll go back to your bread and butter as you started off on the on the top end here. Can you give me one team, one college basketball team that's eh, they're under the radar? They're not being talked about. They're not in John Fanta's top eight. One yeah. team <laughs> that you think is going to be a major threat come mid March, and why? Why is it my Golden State flashes in the MAC? First place in the MAC, by the way. Yeah, why is it uh, Kent State? Well, they've they've been impressive. And the Mac's been an impressive league this year. I mean, I, I think the Mac tournament will once again 
the high level. And Kent State at 13-3. and three. I mean, look what they did against Gonzaga. Look at what they've done in their, in their non-conference. They challenged themselves. They played a great schedule. Akron's having a nice year as well, out to a two and one start into the, in the league, and Bowling Green as well. So that that league's got to cut. Look, the winner of that league is always somebody that people fear big time when they see them on a bracket. You asked me the question of of who outside that top eight do I think is really scary? Well, in the NCAA tournament. To me, you've got to have dudes. You've got to have toughness. You you have you will have had to be there before. Keep an eye on TCU. Uh, when you see them on your bracket, folks, if, you, if you're listening to this now, you'll be smarter from it. TCU was, we're talking bounces of the ball away from making the second weekend of the NCAA tournament. They should have beat Arizona. Anybody who watched the tournament last year saw an epic game between Texas Christian and Arizona. Ben Matherin was the difference. Arizona found a way. But. TCU brought everybody back. They're tough as nails. They have a chance to, to advance deep. In terms of back to our roots, Ohio State is a good team. They're a tournament team. They're young. Chris Holman's building this in a different way. He's not doing it like with, with a ton of transfers and just turning it over quickly, Seth. Bryce Sensabaugh, Bruce Thornton, those guys are big-time freshmen that have added a ton. Sensabaugh could be the next great Buckeye. Uh, I like their upside. I know a lot of people have been harsh on Holman. They want more from Holman. I get it. I, I get what, but I'll tell you what, I, I like the trajectory more than I did this time last year. I'll tell you, I'll tell you that much. So look out for them as the season goes on. Remember they made the second round last year. Look, they said they ran into a Villanova team that made the final four. It, it just, it didn't work out. Sometimes it's the draw, but TCU is my, my sleeper team that I'm looking out for. And I think those Buckeyes are in good enough shape. That Purdue game sure was interesting the other night for Ohio State. They, they obviously stumbled at the end, but hey, they, like you said, they got some dudes. Look out for Xavier as well. Uh, ranked 12th in the country. Sean Miller's back, and he's back in a big way. Love it. John, thank you so much for jumping on Talking Cleveland Sports, man. Really appreciate it. You're so talented at what you do. Go follow him at John underscore Fanton Twitter. He's awesome. He does a bunch of great work. He puts out more content than anyone I've seen on Twitter as of late in the college basketball game. You're awesome, John. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Seth. Appreciate the time. I'm Bruce Martin, host of Pit Pass Indy. Each week, I go behind the scenes of the NTT IndyCar Series and introduce our listeners to the biggest stars of IndyCar, which features the Indianapolis 500 as its cornerstone event. The men and women that compete in IndyCar may be the bravest athletes in all of sport as danger lurks around every corner. They are able to look danger in the eye without flinching. That is why the NTT IndyCar Series features the best racing on the planet. Join me every week as we talk to the stars of IndyCar, including the legends of the Indianapolis 500 on Pit Pass Indy from Evergreen Podcast. 